0: Welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. In each episode, we feature the stories of birth warriors, women who have persevered to find their own truth in pregnancy and birth. As you hear these women share their stories of love, autonomy, connection, and power, it is our deepest wish that you will be inspired, empowered, and supported to find your own truth. We are honored these women have stepped forward to share their personal stories and to help us remember that we all have the power to choose what is right for us. The Birth Warrior Podcast is a presentation of the Indie Birth Association and is not intended to be medical advice.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Jaden Graham. Today we have Katrina on the show. Katrina is a self employed, hard-working, off-grid homestead mother of two. Deep in the forest in an earthship she built with her partner, she had an unassisted birth with her second son. On this journey, she learned lots about patience, acceptance, and trusting your intuition. Towards the end of the episode, Katrina and I start discussing the uh, lack of community and support and isolation that can come with being a parent, a mother in this day and age, in this fast-paced Western culture. And in the midst of a global pandemic, I feel like this lack of connection, this lack of community is now magnified and intensified. And I thought that it would be great to include some resources for anyone out there listening that might be feeling that um that lack of connection and just craving it with other like-minded folks. So in the show notes, I have included some online um sister circles, mother circles, and if you go to the Indie Birth website um to the blog post specific to this episode you can find those resources there and see if there's anything that resonates with you.
0: All right. Thank you.
1: Katrina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much
2: for being here.
0: Hello. Thank you for having me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wherever you would like to start with your lovely story.
0: Okay. Um, so um, my name is Katrina. Um, I had a free birth about a year ago. Um, and, uh, it was very life-changing as, I mean, any birth story really is. It's, it was actually my second birth. Um, and my first one was definitely life-changing as well. Um, so I, I think I'll start like a little bit, um, into like my first birth a little bit, because I feel like it kind of influenced the, my free birth. Um, my first birth was a home birth. Um, I was 22 or no, I would have been 21, I think. Um, so pretty young. Um, and, uh, my friend had had a baby before, like, I think like three years before or something. Um, and she had a home birth. So that was kind of really what, uh, gave me insight into this other possibility of birth my sister had had a baby before my friend and it was just like your traditional home birth or a traditional hospital birth kind of thing um she was really quiet and calm through the whole thing so that was different than like what you see in Hollywood um Mm -hmm. but uh seeing my friend's uh home birth was like totally life-changing to witness she asked me to be her doula which i had no clue what a doula was at the time either um so i don't know if i was really even that good of a doula um i basically just took videos for her um But uh, yeah, she was like super calm through the whole thing, only made a little peep when her baby's head came out, basically. Um, And she says that she didn't experience any pain or anything. So that was totally life changing for me that when I finally had my baby, I was convinced that I was going to have um, a similar experience and um, uh, found midwives and thankfully had really amazing midwives um and uh yeah so my first birth was really really good really life changing um I had it at my parents place uh in a in a water pool thing like the kind that you rent from the midwives no complications um so i was convinced that birth was good and normal and i had like really awesome midwives that agreed with everything and were very hands off um and then i moved about 9 hours away from where uh i gave birth with my first um and was in a place that doesn't really have much to offer people uh when it comes to birth it's basically I was basically just like hospital birth or they had like four midwives for like a small city and eight hour radius around it. Um, so I went and I sought out the midwives when I became pregnant again. Um, and they, they accepted me, but it was nothing like my first experience, um, it felt basically like I was seeing doctors like 15 minute appointments where she just did all the checks and then was done. And I'm like, okay, uh, can I have a home birth? And they're like, nope, you're too far away from the hospitals. I was like 45 minutes away from the hospitals or whatever. So they're like, nope, you can't have a home birth, um, but we'll assist you in the hospital. And I'm like, okay, but like, you are not even really offering me like any like special care or anything. I may as well just go see the doctors. Um, but I really did not want a hospital birth. Um, I was aware of like all the interventions and like snowball effect and everything. And I just wanted to be in my own environment. Um, my husband and I, had built the house that we're living in um we live in a beautiful area that i really wanted to give birth in um and uh so we started trying to think of like alternatives like when i first found out that i was pregnant um we instantly thought about free birth because we had heard that the midwives wouldn't assist us out here uh before we even talked to them so we were thinking about doing free birth but then we we're just kind of like oh, i don't know actually like our biggest concern was, um, registration. Like we were afraid that we wouldn't be able to register the baby. Um, and then like what kind of complications would come there. And we were afraid that like they were going to send like children's aid on us or something for being irresponsible. So those were more our concerns more than like there was going to be complications. Like we did have those fears too, but, um, more we were just afraid of like what the outside was going to do to us um so we kind of threw that out the window and then like I said talked to the midwives and um didn't really like them so then I considered going to see um the midwives uh my that I gave birth that like I used for my first birth I was like well maybe I'll just go stay with my parents and I'll use those same midwives and uh they accepted me because I had been a previous client of theirs and so I went down there to go see them and then the first appointment I saw her and I was telling her like how disappointed I was not being able to have a home birth in the home that I built and she's like well have you thought about free birth I was like really you're suggesting a free birth like I was so blown (laughs) away and then like opened the door again. That then we started just asking her all these questions, and she reassured us on a lot of our uh, concerns. Um, she didn't really know much about the registration and stuff, um, but she had known other people who have done free births. Um, so that gave us so much confidence. And she also offered that like we could call her anytime, like during the birth as well. Call her with any questions um they gave us a bunch of supplies like I don't know I kind of feel like maybe I shouldn't talk about how much they helped us I don't want to get them in trouble um
2: but no they, they we, don't awesome. have, we don't have to use well, we don't have to use names totally totally anonymous Midwest. very often yeah. amazing anonymous yeah. <laughs> <lives>. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah they were so awesome um, They gave me uh, a couple of tinctures, which I'm so grateful for. They gave me, um, uh, I think it was Angelica Root and uh, Shepherd's Purse for like helping to expel the placenta and then like to help with bleeding afterwards. Um, I was a little bit nervous because they combined them in the same bottle, which I later learned um, is kind of a no-no because um, I think it's the Angelica Root. Um, can cause the clotting or something. Um, if you take it, uh, before I don't remember which which order it was exactly, but it worked out anyways. Like I contacted them, which I was so grateful I could contact them at any point. Um, and so I just told to ask them. I'm like, is it okay that this is together? They're like, we do it together all the time. We never had any problems. So I was like, okay. Um. But anyways, our other issue with wanting to do it ourselves at our house was we wanted just like one other person to be there with us. If something happened and we just need another set of hands or something, Um, I wanted my son to be there. Um, So we just wanted one other person to be there. And it was really hard to find that one other person, everyone that we asked asked was really afraid of the idea of being present at a unassisted birth. Um, I tried asking my one friend who's like kind of a doula and she's like, I'm sorry, no, I don't, don't want to take that risk. Um, and asked like a bunch of elders and stuff in the area and everyone was just kind of saying no (laughs) and then finally last minute like we went to see my parents and it was getting so close to the due date we were kind of like okay well we'll go for one more appointment with those midwives and if you go into labor there then it happens but if not then I don't know do we want to go back home and thankfully when we were down there um, my husband just so happened to be talking to one of his friends about Um, the situation we were in and then she's just like oh well I've been a doula for like 30 years Um, I would totally support you guys in your free birth and so that was awesome and we just like quick made arrangements for her to be able to come back with us and um, the one difficulty there was that uh, she had another birth around the same time as I did um, which was like nine hours away from where we were taking her. um, So she could only stay for so long. She uh, had um, kind of predicted with her friend that uh, she was going to go late, which thankfully she did. But um, yeah, so she, she was on a time limit, which kind of put me in a weird position where then I was trying to bring labor on. And so I started doing like all the walking and everything and trying to like have lots of sex and nipple stimulation. And, um, and then I heard and I did a little bit with my first, um, pregnancy as well, took, uh, evening primrose oil, um, which it was fine when I did it with my first birth. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was ingesting it and I was also, um, sticking, like biting the capsule open and then, um, squeezing it into my vagina as well to try and, um, ripen the cervix or whatever. And, uh, did,
2: did all of this, um, I thought that was fun. Did, did, did all of Pardon? this, um, yes, did all of this, uh, I guess I, I would call it labor, not prep, but, um, trying to get labor going, um, you know, was that really stressful for you? Um, or was it just kind of
0: what it was? You know, it was a little stressful. Yeah, like I, because I didn't know what I was going to do if I hadn't gone into labor um, Mm -hmm. and she needed to go home for this other birth. Like, I was like, does that mean I'm going to, am I going to risk driving home to my parents' place um, Mm -hmm. to be with these other midwives and like possibly go into labor on the road? Or am I just Mm going to do it on my own? Or am I going to go to the hospital? I was, Yeah, it was very stressful. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure was not helping bring labor on. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I, just, I saw, like, the evening primrose oil at the health store. And I was like, whatever, I did it with my first. Like, let's try and see what happens. And then uh, I was standing in the kitchen making a salad or something. And uh, I had just um swallowed one of the capsules I'd been taking it for probably like three or four days at this point and then uh it was literally like minutes after I had swallowed it and then all of a sudden I felt this burst and I fluid coming out of me and I couldn't stop it um so that's what made me think like oh this must be my water breaking like I didn't experience that with my first birth um the water didn't break until, like, right before my first son was born. Um, so I was kind of like, I don't know, am I peeing myself or, like, is this, like, my water breaking? It wasn't, like, a huge gush. It was just, like, a, a little pee. As <laughs> um, <laughs> a weird comparison. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I, like, both my doula and my husband were super excited. Um, thinking that like labor was going to start soon and like it was all going to work out. But I was like super nervous because I'm like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel any contractions or anything like labor is not starting. (laughs) And um, then I reached out on the um, uh, free birth uh, Facebook group. Like I was on a couple unassisted uh, birth Facebook groups that I had um reached out a couple times on there asking some of my questions and I just told them I'm like so like I'm due this date um and I've been taking evening primrose oil and my water just broke and then everyone comes flooding back at me like don't take evening primrose oil it causes premature rupture of membranes I was just like oh my god like so devastated And angry at myself that I potentially just jeopardized my chances at having, um, because I, I was rushing it. And like, that's exactly what I was trying to avoid doing by going to a hospital of like rushing things. And, and then here I was, I did it and I intervened and now everything was going to go to hell. I was just like, I was so mad at myself. Um, and yeah and so it took me a while <laughs> to come back from that and I was talking to the midwives um and they were very reassuring um just telling me to like pay attention um to my temperature, like make sure that um, I feel movements from the baby um, and just like overall that like I feel like everything is okay um, and So it took me like, like I, labor didn't start until like two days after the water had broken or something like that. Um, and I finally was able to just, I went for a walk, took some deep breaths and just reassured myself that I feel fine. I don't have a fever. Baby is still very active. Everything is okay. <laughs> and mm. then once I was finally able to relax, then that night labor finally started. Um, I was feeling like some little um, twangs or like pinches. Um, I was putting my son down uh, for sleep and like I, I was still breastfeeding him um, and uh, had like a bit of a cry. But like I could feel labor starting and thinking like this is going to be like the last time It was just going to be me and him. Um, and I tried sleeping for a little bit because I, I know that like if you're able to sleep, you should. Um, so I was trying to get my rest, um, but it was getting to the point where it's too much. And then I also wondered too, I'm like, maybe if I get up, maybe it'll get things going more. Um, so I went over, my husband and uh, the doula girl, they would stay up late, usually watching shows and stuff. So I came out to them. They're like, Oh, why, why are you staying awake? Like normally I'd go to bed with my son and mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, it's just, just kind of uncomfortable to sleep. And they're like, Oh, are you thinking this is labor? And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> and then, uh, like, do you think we should start like timing the contractions? And I was like, no because then you just be like doing them way too frequently so then they got like super excited like oh they're really close together okay let's let's get warming up the tub and everything and I'm like oh guys I think it's still still a bit of a ways yet and uh my husband he was getting dreads at the time like he was just kind of letting his hair go and um I was slowly dreading them so then that night I was like okay well I'm just gonna work on your dreads and so I was just dreading his hair while in labor and watching a movie and then, uh, started to pick up a little bit more. So then they started getting the tub ready, which we're off grid. Um, so thankfully my husband had just set up, uh, we have a gas pump that's connected to a sandpoint well, um, which goes like 10 feet into the ground. That was as far as he could hammer the sand point well into the ground before he hit bedrock. Um, so that's where we got our water that would fill a barrel on our, on the second floor in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really loud. Every time he would start the pump, it would be this loud roar of this gas pump going to fill the barrel, to fill the tub. Um, and the barrel was only so large and we had this really big, like walk-in tub, So it was this really loud, annoying sound that would happen every once in a while. Um, And uh, so finally the tub was ready and it was night still. And I went out into the tub and it was feeling like it was pretty intense. Like I was having to do some loud moans. Like with my first, I was really loud. I did these really loud, low, like ohms almost. And that's... That's what kept me in control basically, um, doing these rather loud vocalizations. Um, And that's kind of what I was starting to do again. Um, But then my son woke up and he really didn't like the sounds. Like Part of me wonders if it would like trigger a memory for him of his birth, or uh, he just thought that I was in pain. My doula was trying to like convince him that uh, um, it was uh, mummy singing the baby into the world or whatever. And he was kind of okay with that for a little bit, but he was still really worried. So I switched my loud ohms to uh, hoarse lips, so I go like... <laughs> <laughs> and he liked that much more. <laughs> so I was doing that like nonstop. Um, but it was going for a long time still, like it was, it became morning and I was still just in the tub and nothing was really happening. Like I was really trying to focus on, um, not pushing. Like I, part of of one of my other fears with doing, um, a free birth was that like I would tear and it would bleed a lot um so my hope was that like if i didn't push the baby's head would stretch everything out um and i wouldn't tear um so i was really trying to focus on just letting baby move down on its own um but so much so that i think things are going really slow
2: <laughs>
0: and like i was i felt like i was really in the zone but like i hadn't i wasn't eating anything i wasn't really drinking anything i was just like in my body and then finally, the doula that was there was like, do you want to get out and walk around or something? And I was like, oh, not really. Behind. So I did. I got out of the tub for a little bit. And one of my other ideas was uh, to possibly give birth by this um, cedar tree that was near us that I called Mama Cedar. Um, so she's like, let's go walk to that cedar tree. And I made it probably like... 20 feet away from the tub, and I just like sat down on the ground. I'm like, I am not moving. I cannot move. I'm going back to the tub. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I just, uh, yeah, I just, um, in the tub, uh, and um, things were kind of progressing a little bit. Like I think that movement did help a little bit get things going more. Um, but it was like, well, I'm trying to remember. He was born, um uh i think he was born at like 7 mm-hmm. um 7
2: at night so, or in seven the morning
0: 7 at night okay. yeah so i was laboring like all night all night before and then the morning and um noon and everything um and then finally um my husband he was uh growing um marijuana <laughs> he, mm-hmm. it's, it's legal here so we are allowed to grow four plants um mm-hmm. so he was tending his uh, his plants and everything um and he came in he had just uh picked one of these the calyxes from the from the plant and he's like here try eating this just to see what happens so i tried eating this uh the calyx of a a pot plant um and shortly after that i just threw up i was just like it was just all coming out of me and um i got super excited because i was like oh this usually means like transition um and thankfully yes everything like really started to pick up after that um i was like in a a deep squat um holding on to the edge of the tub um Nobody could see what was going on in the tub. It was all just just me, basically. And um, I felt another big gush, like the water broke again. So that kind of, like, gave me reassurance because I know my midwife said, like, well, if it was just a little gush earlier, then maybe it could um, seal itself sometimes. Um, so when I felt another, like, burst, that made me think, I'm like, oh, maybe it did seal itself again because I felt the water break again. Mm-hmm. Um and then I like, felt the head really come down, and then like, could feel the baby's head um, starting to stretch. And so I was like, rubbing my uh, perineum, trying to massage it and get it loose and everything, and was just trying to not push so that baby's head could just come out and do all the stretching and no tearing. Um, and then definitely felt that ring of fire, though. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm um uh and then also the fetal ejection reflex where it's like no you can't not push (laughs) 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 this this baby's (laughs) um so yeah so uh, the baby's head came out um, and then I could feel like once the baby's head was out that the cord was around the baby's neck um, so I knew with the next contraction that I, I had to give a big push to get the baby out um, and uh, so thankfully there was like no like shoulder dystocia or anything like the next contraction gave a big push baby's body came out It was a really short cord, so it was really hard to get the cord around the baby's head. Um, So they were all like, get the baby out, get the baby out. And I'm like, the baby's stuck with the cord. This is not the most peaceful birth. Um, So I got the baby cord off around uh, the neck and everything, got him out. And he was quite blue. It was really scary, to be totally honest. And so all of us were just, like, stimulate him. We're just, like, patting his back, tickling his toes. And he would let out some, like, little coughs and cries. That was reassuring. Um, And then we were like, hey, like, put him on the chest. Like, or the doula, she was like, put him on your belly and try and, like, get him to, like, crawl up to your nipple and everything. Mm -hmm. But then he was also, like, he just kind of seemed like, like, hey, you look like you maybe need a little bit more help yet. So we're just, like still just trying to like um, help him breathe and everything. And thankfully, that it felt like an eternity, but it it wasn't actually that long. Um, and he was good to go. Got his color back. Um, and uh, and then yeah, it was just then my husband just like broke down crying. He had to leave the room because. It was super stressful, and he had been running around like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to like keep the water hot and everything, and turning the pump on. And <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so he finally was able to relax. And the fact that like me, me and baby were okay. Um, I took the I took the tincture that the midwives gave me because I was bleeding quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we just stayed in the tub for a while. Um, and uh, the placenta still hadn't come out. I was sitting down, so the placenta was kind of, like, stuck inside me. Um, so I just kind of I had to pass the baby to somebody else, but they had to be, like, super close because the cord was so short. I just, like, squatted down, and the placenta came out. No problems, thankfully. We checked the placenta to make sure all the pieces were there and everything. And it was all all good. It went perfectly. Everyone was healthy and alive and uh it would have been so good but part of um part of our research that we had done beforehand of like trying to calm our fears about whether or not we could register the baby was um we called the hospital and they they reassured us that if we took the baby um to the hospital, like that day or the next day or whatever, um, they would help us get him registered. So we had planned that we would take the baby to the hospital the next day um, so that we could get whatever we needed to, to get him registered. And once we showed up there, they were totally confused. Like what? We don't know what to do with this baby. Like why did you have a home birth with no one there? and like why oh, wow. like we, we don't know what to do with this baby and yeah it was so frustrating like one day after giving you birth and you just want to be at home cuddling your baby mm-hmm. and I had to spend the whole entire day in the hospital while they try and, tried to figure out what to do with us mm-hmm. it was so <sighs> um and then after that of course too then they like try to um get us to come in more so they can do checkups and everything and started like filling us with all these other fears that there was like all these things wrong and it made for a very unpleasant postpartum and still dealing with it because it took so long to um, finally get the baby registered um, like trying to figure out how that like we had this hospital bill um, that like because we're um, in Canada we have free health care but only if you are a registered citizen. Um, So because he didn't have a health card, we had this huge hospital bill. Um, And uh, they kept like sending us letters in the mail, like you have to pay this, you have to pay this. And we were still just trying to figure out like, how do we get registered and it took us forever to finally get him registered and now they have like this huge debt hanging over us that are like you need to pay this like but he's registered now they're like you took too long Mm.
2: so I guess I guess this is something I I want I want to ask so and I guess just to to clarify the the birth took place in Canada or the or the United States in Canada Okay, it took place in Canada. That's for some, yeah. Anyways, um, okay, so in Canada, and you said because y'all like you had just mentioned you have universal health care. Um, I guess then why do you know why then you even going to the hospital? Um, even regi- baby registered or not, why they would even charge you? You know, I guess I'm just trying to figure out that bit of it yeah registered to not to not have a
0: bill i guess yeah no i it doesn't really make sense to me like they think that He's not actually my baby, possibly. like I maybe stole him from somebody else or something, oh, Wow, even though like they, they even though they did like a check on me, like they can clearly see that I gave birth to a baby yeah. um, but that yeah that's like the only thing I can think of that like this baby is maybe not actually a Canadian citizen or whatever.
2: Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry,
0: yeah. That's
2: so frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, I hope I hope the rest of your after this r- crazy incident. I'm hoping the rest of your postpartum though was very relaxing.
0: I guess as much as it could be. It's been pretty tough to be honest. Okay, um, I've had a bit of postpart. Yeah, I've had a bit of like postpartum mm-hmm. depression. Um, which I don't know. Maybe it's from like the stress of all of this. Um, mm-hmm. or yeah like it just happens you just can't control like when postpartum depression happens um so and also I like living off grid um we're building our home from scratch um and it's still very much unfinished while trying to raise children is really stressful
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. um
0: so yeah it's, it's tough not gonna lie <laughs>
2: Totally.
0: Yeah. But I felt totally empowered from that experience, um, and want to help other people have such amazing experiences. And also from like the struggle of like the depression that I've experienced, want to reach out to other people who are feeling that way as well. And offer my support to them because I, I do feel like a large part of it as well is, um, lack of community and lack of connection um so I really want to try and uh create those uh, spaces for other people
2: absolutely yeah I feel like that's a really that's I feel like that's a common thing um with with women with birth givers experiencing postpartum depression there you know a Many, many times, there is always that bit of the lack of community, lack of sister support, um, lack of just, you know, community support in general. Um, yeah. yeah. So important. I mean, yeah it's so, hard.
0: So, yeah, it's so hard, like, with the way society is set up now, like, we're so disconnected. Um, so we need to try and find a way that we can all be connected again. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I know that right now, just because of, you know, the way of the world, like, a lot of things are, now, yeah, a lot of things are now virtual, which, you know, in some ways it's nice. And I'm, you know, I'm really grateful for that technology that we have this tool that we can, you know, connect, but, you know, there is something to be said about actually face-to-face in person. You know, yeah, support
0: for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely.
2: Totally.
0: Um oh, oh, Katrina, <laughs> thank
2: you so much for for sharing your story. I I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for opening up um your heart um and just sharing sharing all of this with us. And is there just anything else that you'd like to leave our listeners with any bits of wisdom?
0: um trust yourself um like don't let the outside world <laughs> scare you like take the time to listen to yourself and truly listen to that voice um like especially when it comes to birth our bodies were made to do this if you feel fine um, you're probably fine. <laughs> you, you can do it. And if you don't feel fine, trust that as well. Like, yeah. Totally. Awesome. Thank you so
2: much. What a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for listening. Storytelling is a profound agent of change. One that has the ability to plant seeds of inspiration introspection, and beyond. If you have an empowering birth story that you would like to share on our podcast, please head over to indiebirth.org forward slash birth warrior to send your submissions. That's indiebirth.org forward slash birth warrior. Hope you have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Until next time, friends.